0: Hi, and welcome to Passive Christian Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message, that it will both challenge and inspire you. Now, I spoke about this before, but I'm going to speak about it this morning because I, I felt to. And so I'm coming from 2 Timothy 1, 3 to 7. And it reads like this. My eyes are watering now. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my found forefathers did. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers day and night, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, and I persuade... uh, Persuaded, it is also in you. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gifts of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God did not give you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Now, this is, this is Paul reminding Timothy. He said, remember, stir that up that's within you. Paul's saying to Timothy... That the Holy Spirit's fullness and gifts provide enabling power to exercise our ministries. I sense this morning I need to remind us, and I, you know, just praying in the Spirit, Lord, what is it you want to say? To remind us to embark on kingdom. We cannot think with the natural senses if we're in a spiritual battle. We've got to go further in faith. We've got to believe. You know, we, we can't just see this realm. We've got to go deeper. We've got to believe with spirit. Because this is spiritual. It's a spiritual book. It's like some people you talk to and they say, oh, I just can't read the Bible. That's because it's spiritual. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to enlighten us. To give us revelation of what it's saying. You know, when I was a y- young Christian, a new Christian... I used to get the Bible, I used to just sit there and pray, Holy Spirit, show me. Show me what you're saying. Because otherwise you can't understand, you don't get it. It's like you can read it a million times, but it'll be like, oh, what's that really? We need, it's a spiritual book. We need the spirit to reveal revelation daily to us. The Bible tells us in uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, God did not give us a spirit of fear but of, love, of power, love, and a sound mind. You know, here's something. Fear is defined in the Greek as panic. It's a panic attack. It grips a person, causing them to run away. It causes them to be alarmed. It causes them to be scared, to be frightened. It causes them to be dismayed, to be intimidated, anxious, and apprehensive that's what the greek describes it as worry means to divide when we worry in it the enemy comes in to divide us the word suggests distraction preoccupation with things causing anxiety and stress and pressure you know there is an enemy there is a devil if we believe there's a God, we've got to believe there's a devil because that speaks of it. The Word of God tells us that. So the enemy will do everything he can to stop us positioning ourselves before God. And his number one tool is fear. It will always get us with, oh, what will people say? What will people think? I better keep my mouth closed. We are living in a time where too many are keeping their mouth closed to keep the peace instead of making peace. There's a difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. Yeah? I know I'm speaking to the converted, but anyway. Worry turns off our focus to the one who truly cares for us, which is Jesus. And it gets us sidetracked. But Jesus tells us in 1 Peter 5-7 to cast all our cares upon him for he cares for us. Cast everything upon him. Put it at the cross. I'm worried about this. You know, I'm concerned about, put it at the cross. Worry and fear are classic tools of the enemy, classic, who makes his job to distract us from our focus. We will always struggle with fear. Whether we're 17 or 70, the enemy will try and bring it back to us. Always. Without a shadow of a doubt. You know, this week I've been reminded, I'm on a um, Facebook page, I'm on a a Facebook page with um, a a group called um, Back in the Old Days. So it goes on about the Manchester uh, group Back in the Old Days. And they put photos up there and everything. And this week... A photo popped up from uh, an incident many years ago that I was involved in, uh, in a a Woolworths department store in Piccadilly. And uh, I sat there and thought, gee, you know, because they're all having their two cents worth. And some of the stories were completely wrong. uh, But I just sat there thinking, how far has God brought us? You know, I was in a Woolworths fire... And in England, they're big department stores, not like this. And so I was on the the top floor working and doing all the stocks and everything. And um, I just started thinking of how the enemy comes to rob, destroy and steal. Yet God comes to reverse that to give us life and life abundantly. Abundant life, John 10.10 10 says. But, you know, it was a time where you could see the vast difference of a situation where the enemy came in to stop you being who you really are. And so, when I was in this fire, you know, we have a little fire drill here. Yeah? And, and I, I sit back and I watch us all do our stuff. But you know, and Andrew would know, when there's a fire, everything just goes Chaotic. Because why? Because the fear grips us. It grips us. And so, where we were, we had fire drills. Although, if you look on Facebook, it'll tell you we never had a fire drill. And yet, every fortnight, we had a fire drill. You know, the the alarm would go off and everybody would down the stairs. You wouldn't use the lifts out there, and we'd all stand where we're supposed to stand. And yet, on the day, On the day, everything just went haywire, haywire. When that alarm went off, when it went off nearly 10 minutes late, as I was coming down from my break, and I saw the smoke, smelt the smoke, there was no bell, there was no alarm. And as I got halfway down the stairs and I thought, oh, My mates are in the cafeteria. I better go and tell them. And so I ran back, and it was just, it was a mess. It was one of my friends, I ran into the cafeteria. I'm like, there's a fire, there's a fire. One of my friends hit the button back in the old days, had to break the glass, and we didn't have sprinkler systems. So one of my friends, she hit the button, and we're, you know, fire, fire, and the personnel's getting all the records together. I think they knew. But no bell went off. The next thing, as I came back down with about 10 people to get down the the fire escape, everything, just smoked everywhere. So we turned around and we went to the roof where we thought we'll be safe there. Only to find out we stood next to a boiler room. (laughs) Yay. If that went up, whoa. We would have been up there. <laughs> it's full of oil yeah, full of oil, not water. And so as, as we went down the next fire, because we went, went from this side, right across to this side, thinking we could get down this fire escape, because it was closed in fire escape, not on the outside. It was all closed in. And you just followed a little red light. And this voice said, If ever I've heard the voice of God, this voice says to me, if you go down there, you're going to die. And, and it just the, the fear of the smoke, the fear of the darkness, I was just, I'm not going. And these people are like, come on, let's go. I'm not going. So we went to the roof. And we stayed there till we was rescued. And the fear that grips you, people were using those lifts. Because those people who were stood with us, Next thing, they're coming out the lifts and we could see them. People were using those But here's the scary thing. We stood on the roof. You, you Google it. You'll see me on that roof. We stood on the roof. And on the roof was where we could see our mates in the offices. Because back in them days, they used to have steel pipes at the office windows so no one would break in. So our friends are screaming, save us, save us, save us. Couldn't get out because the fire was on that floor. And if they ran out, they would run into the fire. So they're, save us, save us, save us. And there's, you know, it wasn't like today, obviously. We're talking 40 40 odd years ago. I'm getting old. But there they were, the fire brigade with (laughs) with the little axons trying to get them out, and there's smoke just everywhere, everywhere, and you know what? There was about four out of the ten on that roof that found themselves just huddled in a corner praying, praying that God would save them girls and us. Things drive you to the Lord, and if they don't, I don't know how people get through what they go through. I was saying that this week, wasn't I, Vicky? How do people manage without Jesus? I have no clue. No clue. But that's what we resolved to. Huddled in a corner, praying that someone would save us and them. Next minute, at the end of the row, at the end of the roof. Was his little head popped up. And they reckon it was the first, what do they call those fire... The first fire engine with a turntable high enough to get to that where we were. And so there we was. I was five months pregnant with Claire. And there we was just sat there waiting for someone and hoping and praying. The next thing, this little head pops up. Fireman. It was like seeing Jesus. I can tell you. Although I didn't know Jesus. <laughs> but it was like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. One of my friends, fear drove her so much and panic and anxiety. One of my friends, she was on the roof with me. Here. She said, I'm going to jump from here to there. Now, you know, the ginnels in England are very close, but they're not that close. We had to hold her back. We're like, you will never make it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to run. No, you're not. But it, the fear was driving her to run, to, to you know, fight or flight. She wanted to fly. And so this little head, come this way, come this way, now... My fear was heights, and already I'm up there. And this little fireman's like, come this way, come this And he, he was way down there. Six stories, huh? yeah. And so you had to walk on this little ledge. Now I'm here. How much do people say, I'm, I mean, I'm full of fear, I'm just fearful. And the people are like, take the pregnant lady. Oh, great. <laughs> Yeah, I want to be saved, but do I have to be the first one to go? Go, you go, you go. And so there you are. Well, there I was, not you, there I was. And I'm balancing, literally balancing and praying with my dear life that I get to that fireman. He was my lifesaver, my lifesaver. And yet looking back now, you see God in the midst of all of that, in the midst of it, because it was the thing that drove me to him. I knew God, but I didn't know Jesus. I didn't have a clue who Jesus was. And so as that fireman got me, and my friend, she was sort of behind me, got us on that turns table, and we just started coming down. We were just bawling our eyes out. We're saved, we're saved, we're saved. Then the nightmare starts. As if that wasn't enough. The enemy came in like a flood. (laughs) Because it was after that, after that, we'd been to hospital, they checked us out and everything, but after that was when the nightmares come in the night and the enemy trying to just suppress everything within you. And so I became this introvert, very fearful, very timid, didn't I? From this loud, well, not over loud, yeah, but should. this, well. from this confident person, that's a bit of a yeah, confident, that's a good word, isn't it? From this confident person to a person that would just stay in the shadows, true? Yeah? It was a shock to my parents, <laughs> because my dad used to call me Foghorn because <laughs> I'm the eighth in the, cha- in the family, there's nine of us, I'm the eighth. And so you've got to speak a bit louder to get heard. But every time, I would go, eh, you're just a fog on. i from my siblings. You're always too loud. Yeah, i got to be heard. A little bit like our Abby. <laughs> She's got to be heard. But um, the enemy comes in and robs everything who you are. Everything God designed you to be. The enemy comes in like a flood and strips you of your confidence. He tries to. Well, with me, I didn't know Jesus, so he did. See, with Jesus, he can try to, but he doesn't overcome because we're the overcomers. Without Jesus, we don't stand a chance. And so night after night, the nightmares. I couldn't even go in a shopping centre. And yet here's the thing, when they had um, like called us all back, uh, they called us back to that building. It was weird, wasn't it? And when we walked, when I walked in the building, I just started shaking. Just the fear being condensed in me, just, just, it's so powerful. Anyway, the next meeting we had, they made it into a government building. Uh, obviously they got a lot of complaints, or people was, you know, anxious and fearful and and, and um then the journey of just the, the nightmares and couldn't go into shopping centres, was always looking for fire exits. <laughs> it's crazy. Always. Couldn't go anywhere that was enclosed. Uh and so they took me to see a psychiatrist. And praise God, you know, you talk to the right people. But it didn't do me any good. I could speak about it, but it didn't take anything away. It still was, the fear was still here. Now, he did a good job, although one stage I remember, because I guess in England, fashion is everything. Well, it used to be. And I remember sitting at this side of the counter thinking what was in his mind when he got dressed <laughs> you know striped shirt spotted socks handkerchief sticking out that was a different color and you're like cuz that's a thing anyway it's a thing where i came from uh, probably not anymore cuz who gives a who cares how they dress these days oh anyway So it just continued and continued until we came to Australia. And we came to Australia, received Jesus. Long story short, we did started stepping out in in ministry. And I could only go so far, just so far, and then I would revert back. And again, you know, we'd have good people around us. We'd have good scriptures, good, and I'd go so far. And then go back. That fear always just tried coming in to suppress, to keep down. Until one day, now get this, we come to Boona, Boona of all places, to a retreat for youth leaders. And there I was at the Outlook, stuck up a tree, couldn't move. I had a harness on, but still could not move. I was gripped by this fear. When I say stuck up a tree, I'm like, I was right up there. Then came the flashbacks from the roof. But now I know Jesus. Now I know Jesus, and I know Jesus was doing a work in me. But I just could not move, and I'm stuck on this tree. (sighs) I all this mucus everywhere. <laughs> just ants crawling all over me. And I'm just like... Oh, no, 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 and Denny's like, just, just let go. Fall down, we'll catch you. You've got a harness. And I'm just like... Oh, we got him, we got him. <laughs> all these people looking at me like, he's a freak. But it was real to me. I just could not go one more step. And then as I'm there... You better not be photographing me, Jenny Burgess, that uh, Jenny girl. Especially when I go, Ugh! Just as I'm there. Just as I'm there. It was like God and I on my arm. They were all shouting at me, Come down, come down, let go, let go. And I just could not let go. And then off from nowhere, this little bird sat on this branch and it whistled this beautiful tune like I'd never heard. And scripture came straight to my mind. You know, in Matthew, where it says, one of these doesn't fall without me knowing about it. And I was like, ah! That made me cry even more. <laughs> anyway, they're still coaching me. Just let go, let go, let go. So my knuckles now are white. I'm, you know, it's like I've got riders or rigor mortis, because I just couldn't let go. And then I slowly started to let go, and I've got this rope, and I'm moving. And then I had to... I, I wasn't looking in the front of me. I wasn't looking forward. So I had to go from the tree to... It's like a, a rope, and you've just got one rope that you walk on, and two ropes that you hold on. So I'm just way up there thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I'm like this, i like this. And I got to the Flying Fox. No, I'm way up there, way up there. And I just, God, I can't do this. I just can't do it. And it was like, do it for me. I still can't do it, I still can't do it. And all of a sudden, this warm, like someone had put a blanket on me. You know, like in hospitals now, they put warm blankets on you. Well, this was like 40, odd years, 40 years ago. And this warm blanket, well, it felt like a warm blanket, just came on. And it was like, oh. And I just started marching along. Changed my, my fingers, were like... Got this harness off, didn't I? Put the other one on. Got to the edge of this flying fox. Now, it was like a big valley. If I go there today, it's probably just a hole in the ground. <laughs> but back then, back then, it was like a valley. And I got this jolly flying fox. And this presence was just... I know it's the presence of God because I've had it before. When I journeyed through cancer... And I got this this fox, and I just went, "Ah!" and I flew from one end all the way to the other. I was so proud of myself. But all the way, I just screamed. I let out this horrible, horrible cry. And as I'm looking, I I even looked down. That's a miracle. I even looked down. And there I could see Dennis running from this end with the team all the way across that valley, all the way. And as he got to the end and I got to the end, like it was just, it was just a God job. We met there. Now I'm dangling because I'm a short person and you know, got nothing. I'm just dangling. Ah! But this presence was incredible. And there's Dennis. And so he's grabbing me and trying to get this harness off me and I'm bouncing up and down. But it was just like I could trust that we're going through this ministry walk together. It was a bonding that only God could do. And I got set free from fear totally set free because I know that I know that I know that Jesus met me at that place and set me free. Why do I say all this? Because I know the reality of fear. And sometimes, you know, you can't preach it till you've gone through it. Some of you, your testimonies, no one else has gone through it, but you've gone through it. And you know what it means to you in here. And that's why you can preach it. That's why you can speak it. Because you know the power of it. You know the power that Jesus comes when he sets you free. Because the Bible says, doesn't it, who the Son sets free is free indeed. And then how incredible was it that years after that we come to Boonah to minister? That's weird. But the Bible says in John 8, 36, who the Son makes free is free indeed. Amen? He makes us free. He doesn't want us to live in fear and trepidation. He doesn't want us to live in fear and worry. He wants to set us free that we're free indeed. If we allow fear to control our life, it will keep us from reaching our full potential in God. And that's a big price to pay. Fear breeds inaction, inaction breeds lack of experience, lack of experience breeds ignorance and ignorance breeds fear. So we go on this cycle, we go round and round and round and we keep coming back to that same place until we allow him to set us free. See, the word and the spirit sets us free, knowing the word and the spirit. And I think, you know, we're living a day where we need to pray like we've never prayed before, like we've never prayed before, because people need us to be confident in who Christ is and who we are in Christ I don't have to tell you we've got generations that think Jesus is a swear word. You mention Jesus in some schools and they'll go, blah, blah, blah. See, the scripture here in 2 Timothy 1 7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. This power is a power to overcome, it's a power to advance. It's a power to go beyond the place of struggle. It's to take us further. And yet, we can't have that power without the Spirit of God in us. If we only have power, it's destructive. But if we use it properly, the Spirit of God's power. You know, you see some people are on a power control thing, aren't they? Narcissus like narcissists, has come to the fore like never before, probably. But power with the Holy Spirit is completely different. And it's, it's, it brings us to a place beyond the place of struggle. 2 Timothy 1.7 speaks of love. This is... This is where the Scripture says... There's no fear in love. Jesus is perfect love. Perfect love. There's no fear in love because perfect love casts out all fear. 1 John 4.18. I'll read it. There's no fear in love but perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has been made perfect in love who does not fear, sorry, sorry. We love him because he first loved us. In him, who is perfect love, gives us the ability to cast that fear out of us. He cast it out of us. He gives us peace. You know, Isaiah 41.10 reads, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. That's for us. There's scriptures for us today. There's scriptures that other people need to hear. Jesus is perfect love and he wants to fill us with his love. Jesus never, ever, ever intended you and I to be tormented. God's a God of love. He's not a God of torment. Scripture there speaks of a sound mind. It'll give us a sound mind. It says, sound mind in the Greek, it's it's described as safe thinking. The word describes good judgment, discipline, thoughts, and the ability to understand and make right decisions. It includes the quality to self-control. That's powerful when you think of that, isn't it? So powerful. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 26, verse 3, he will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed upon him. He will keep you in perfect peace if our mind is stayed upon him. So many need to hear these scriptures. So many are struggling with bad thoughts, with mental illness, We need to be delivering hope to them, scripture to them. John 10.10, he comes to set us free and to give us abundant life. The enemy comes to rob, destroy, and steal. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 4, and 5, it says, reads like this, and you know this. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Now that word direct, in the Hebrew, it means to make your path dead straight. So straight that whatever comes in your way, he will literally remove the boulders out of your way. That's what it says. He will literally move the things out of your way that your path would be dead straight. Now, I know life's like this, but in him, we stay focused. We stay dead straight on the things of God. And we can only do that with him as center, our centerpiece. Our centerpiece. Can I have the team? You know that new song Jenny sang? That, that just gripped me. So I'm gonna close with this, but you know what? <clears throat> if you're struggling with fear, any kind of fear, there's, there's all manner of fears. I only know one who can set us free. I only know one who can give us the power to overcome. I only know one who can give us hope for the future. So if you're here this morning and, you know, you'd like to stand and we'll sing through this song again and just allow Holy Spirit to minister to you. doesn't matter what's happening around you, just allow Holy Spirit to minister to you because our God does not give us a spirit of fear. He gives us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And he wants that for all of us in this room, everyone, no matter what you're facing. And yeah, we will face things because it's called life. Life throws things at you. But with God, we can do it. Without God, I don't know how people do. And you probably know people where you're like, I don't know how they're getting through the day. But we have gold for them. We have hope for them. We have hope. So let us not lose our confidence. Let us not be fearful. Let us not let the enemy shut us up. Because our confidence is in him. Can we stand? If you'd like prayer this morning, you know, I'm not going to have a million calls for prayer. But if you'd like prayer, I would love to stand with you. Like Paul said, remember the laying on of hands. Sometimes it takes that to shift. That step of faith of just saying, I can't do this on my own. It shifts. You know, I remember going to my senior pastor. You know, I didn't have a... I had a grandma who, who, who ministered the things of God to me. She would preach to me like she was on a soapbox. She would preach to me like, you know, she knew Jesus. She knew and she would not shut up. You know, and other people used to say, oh, don't take no notice of grandma, uh, grand. She's gone a bit lally." But now I see. Well, back then I see. it was truth. And those words of hers enabled me to find truth. Don't let people shut you up. Because one day, we're going to have to give an account. You and I, we're going to have to give an account. Now, don't let that condemn you either. Pick your timing. Pick your timing. But don't let them shut you up. Stay confident in him. And he'll make ways for us. Yeah? He'll bring us from the place of struggle to the place of going forward. Knowing that, hey, I've done my dash. I spoke it out. Now, someone has to come along and water that. Yeah? Someone has to pick that up. Like that scripture uh, Frank had for the intercessors. He sowed seed and it looked like nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. But then it rained. How many days of rain did you have, Frank? Two weeks of rain. And those seeds that he and Del thought were dead. Yeah? Yeah? But let us not forsake our confidence in him. Father, we come to you this morning. And I pray, Lord, that if there's fear trying to rob your children, you would set them free. And they would know that they're free indeed. Let us just sing this song. And if you'd like prayer, the altar's open. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you were blessed with today's message. You can connect with us at